the two beliefs that I had such strong conviction about. Uh, number one was, you know, kind of like we've talked about, like I had to stop wasting time. Like every moment off purpose was a moment wasted. This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me and together let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Church here. New episodes dropping every single Sunday. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And if you're enjoying the podcast, share it with a friend who might also be into it so we can grow our tribe of others. Today, got a juicy conversation on tap with none other than Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching. High Impact Coaching is a company that I serve as director of operations on, and we have a great conversation here talking a little bit about the backstory and how he laid the foundation of what has led to being a multiple seven-figure business, leaving a very successful corporate career, kind of at the top of the ladder, climbing very quickly and leaving for what he knew was more. So we talk a lot about his journey, overcoming fear, living life on purpose, having faith in something greater than yourself. And Xander is just a five-year-old child at heart as well. He was wearing a shirt, one of his favorite shirts that says Naked Batman while we're recording this. So there's a lot to learn from his spirit, his energy, and his ability to get shit done and grow a very successful business. So excited to bring you all in with one of my mentors and dear friends, Xander Fryer. Xander Fryer. What's up, homie? Hey, bro. Hey, Ken. <laughs> it's great to see you, man. I'm <laughs> yeah, so happy man. that we're sitting down for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's chat, bro. Yeah. How you feeling today? Good. Good. Feeling energized. Feeling yeah. good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good too after a nice cry this morning. Yeah, good work, man. Sometimes <laughs> you got sometimes you gotta let it out. Yeah, it was so funny. I was thinking about it after. So I had a nice cry this morning um with you on the other end of the line. That's and, my job. Uh, that's right. And then went and crushed a nice workout and just like felt so good after. Yeah. And just like I feel pretty high right now, to be honest with you. Like yeah. as I was like as I was crying, I was realizing like this is a breathing exercise. This yeah. is breath work because you're just like forcing air yeah. to circulate. And I was getting a little Had head some high. shit to get out, get some yeah. head high. Yeah. I mean, you're no stranger to uh, processing emotion and releasing emotion, huh? Yeah. Welcome to life, dude. <laughs> Welcome to being human. Welcome huh? to being human. I think it's such a funny thing, but it's like it's I mean, we kind of joke about this. I was just joking that like I haven't had a good cry in a while. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I know in the beginning stages of our business, like. It was, was, a, it was a pretty regular occurrence. It man. was a pretty. Re- it was like a qu- at least a quarterly. Well, we certainly always, quarterly. I know we always joked about like me writing a book at some point that was like more tears, more success. That's right. Right. That's right. So tell me more about that. Like, how has that played a role for you? Oh man, I I think uh, honestly, I think there's just so much crap that goes left unfelt and left undealt with, and it's like as soon as you're willing to deal with this stuff, as soon as you're willing to like move through this stuff, like you stop 
you stop having fears in life almost. It's like you just get all the bullshit out of the way and then you can just move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just cry it out, man. Sometimes you got to cry it out. <laughs> well, thank you for being there on the other end of the phone. Of course, to, dude. to hold that space. And of course, dude. It's funny because I, I I wonder, I was laughing because I'm like, well, this is just a typical Friday morning conversation yeah. with my boss, quote unquote. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I wonder, like, could you imagine calling your boss up at Cisco and crying and, and, crying and moving and through <laughs> things when you're in the corporate world? <laughs> not really, man. Not really. Not really. That's not how that shit goes. Yeah. But I feel like it could be so much like, I feel like there's so much value to receive from relationships on both ends when you can be open and honest and vulnerable with each other to like talk about the real shit you know well it's 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 so funny because i was like um i don't know have you read principles by ray dalia yeah yeah yeah. like one of the things he talks about in in principles is he's like yeah like making money is is great but it's like he's like i want to do impactful things with impactful people like i want to have meaningful things in my life with meaningful people right and it's like he's like because i focused on that the money kind of came as a as a byproduct but it was just being real being vulnerable hanging out with people that can have these conversations yeah so. yeah and i mean that was a big impetus for you leaving your corporate oh, yeah, job absolutely. at cisco huh i'd love to like unpack that a little sure. bit because there's a lot to unpack where, there take me wherever you want to yeah, go let's i mean so okay let's let's start in present day right now yeah. so your founder ceo high impact coaching yeah we've got a good thing going we got a big team like yep. growing business yeah and not that long ago you took the entrepreneurial plunge yeah um, so I, I just love the story of how you actually like the, the start of it all, Yeah. which really was at Cisco when you left Cisco. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Is that where you dive in? Uh, I, I can. Yeah. I mean, I was so, well, I mean, we could go all the way back if we really wanted to. Oh like, yeah. Well, we like, got to go back, back. I guess you're so, right. So we can go back to, you know, in high school, I was really good at math and science. So it was like, uh, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to be when you grow up? Xander is like, I'm going to be an engineer, right? It's like, you're good at math and sciences. There's never going to be a shortage of need for engineers. Um, so I went to UCLA for engineering. Um, but I had to pay my way through college. So I joined air force ROTC to pay my way through college. And it was, it was while I was in air force ROTC that I really like actually had my first run in with like purpose, right? Like purpose and passion and something I really cared about. Uh, in leading others, leading and mentoring others. And this was when I was in Air Force ROTC, training to be a leader in the Air Force and the military. Um, I actually graduated top of my class. I was in my my commander of my detachment, got the top gun award at field training. Um, I was going to be a, a pilot in the Air Force. And basically my senior year, uh, I made the really dumb decision of driving home from the bar after about three drinks and got a DUI. And so completely lost everything. You know, I, I had my next 20 years planned and lost everything uh, that I thought I was going to be doing over the next 20 years. Um, so I did what any like lost 21, 22 year old kid would do. I, I picked up and I, I turned to the corporate world. Right. I took everything that I was passionate about and all these skills that I had learned in the military and as an engineer at Cisco or at, a, at UCLA. And I went to Cisco. So I ended up working for Cisco for about six years. Um, I was a systems architect there, covered companies like Disney, Facebook, NBC Universal, uh, Comcast, Sony, DirecTV, you name it, like all LinkedIn, all the big names. Mm-hmm. Um, and for six years, I, you know, I was probably one of the most quote unquote successful people I knew. 
like in the corporate world. I was making more money than all of my friends. Um, I was getting raises and promotions like every six months. I was on a fast track to be uh, management at Cisco. And I had what basically like everybody was telling me uh, like was quote unquote success. I was living in in Santa Monica in you know, a nice place in Santa Monica, driving a BMW, you know, had all the money, had all the stuff, but I just didn't feel successful. I didn't feel like happy or fulfilled. Um, and I think with every like, with every promotion and every raise, I would literally just like, I'd notice like, yay, this is awesome. What next? Right. And it's just this like extreme excitement and then like a dull, like unsatisfied hunger for more. And I think that that's what really kind of took me down the path of just questioning. You know, I'd been in, I'd been in self-development, you know, obviously all the way since, uh, since Air Force, right? So I'd been, you know, reading John Maxwell books and, and Jack Canfield and, you know, all this stuff. Um, so I'd been in self-development for a while, but like, that was the first time when I really realized I was like, what everybody's been telling me about, like what life should be is just not, not it. Right. Right. And that was really where it all kind of started for me. And I started to, I remember just thinking about that at, at, uh, you know, at work for maybe about like six months and continuing to dive into like different books and things like that. Um, and it was actually a conversation with one of my mentors uh, that really like changed everything for me. And I know we've talked about this a yeah. bunch of times, but uh, basically I was out on a on a Saturday night with one of my mentors who is a, a seven figure earner in the health and wellness space. He was an entrepreneur. Um, and he just asked me, and this is, this is what my entire TED talk is about. Uh, he just asked me, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And my answer was pretty easy. It was, you know, I'd, I'd mentor people full time. Like I love, like that's the one thing in my day job that I don't get to do that I, I miss from the air force was like mentoring and helping people and serving others. Like that's what I love the most. Um, don't get me wrong. Cisco is great. Like I had great pay. I had the title. I had great clients. Like I had autonomy. I was climbing the ladder. I had what everybody like thought would be make me happy. But it wasn't what really made me happy. Um, so he asked me, what would you do if you couldn't fail? I was like, mentor, full time. And he's like, well, why aren't you doing that? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to do that. Um, and I was like, I've got this amazing thing at Cisco. You know, I'm going to be one of the, you know, the youngest directors in recent history, blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, dude, just because there's a path for you, doesn't that, like, does that mean you should walk it? Like, just because you're good at something, does that mean you should do it? Damn, right? that probably exploded some things in your head. Yeah, huh? it, you know, it's like, um, I, I think that was the first time when I was just like, huh, he's like, like, I was this like, quote unquote, confident yeah, kid, yeah, but together. it was like, but really it was, you know, and he he said, he's like, dude, like, honestly, like you, you come off very confident, you could do a lot of things, but like, to me, you're just scared, scared of doing what you really know that you want to do. And it was like, for this kid who's making a quarter of a million dollars a year, who's got quote unquote everything. He just cut right through the bullshit, like straight to the core. And I don't think I was ready to admit it at the time, but like he could see straight through it. And I think that really, you know, that really kind of rocked me. And he just goes, um, you know, Xander, do you know the difference between you and me? And I was like, well, you make more money than I do. Um, and he goes, the difference between you and me is, I'm actually living my dream. And ever since you got kicked out of the Air Force, you've just been dreaming one. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That'll and mess that, up your Saturday and night. That, <laughs> and that hit that hit hard. And and he goes, he goes, you know, there's there's one thing that's truth is every moment, and I think it's a I think it's a Jim Rohn quote. He goes, Every moment is either on purpose or off purpose. And every moment off purpose is a moment wasted. Mm -hmm. And he's like, 
you're clearly aware that you're off purpose right now. And and once that like once that settled in and you it cut through to the core, yeah. How quickly like did did things take form from there? Like how quickly were you realizing <laughs> like I actually need to do something about this? I think you know the answer to this <laughs> <laughs> pretty quickly. Pretty quick. So so I think that's that's one thing for me is like the the thing that really hit that he mentioned was like every moment that you're off purpose is a moment wasted. And it just, it just reminded me, I, you know, before that I had recently lost my uncle at like 55. Um, and it just rocked me. I was like, how could, how could he die at 55? Like he was healthy. Like how could he pass away at 55? And it really kind of opened me up to this, like, we don't have a ton of time on this earth. Um, and then, so obviously like when he said that, like the whole next day, like that conversation was fueled by a little bit of tequila on Saturday. <laughs> that that Sunday, I just, I remember thinking all, like I didn't talk to anybody all Sunday and I couldn't stop thinking about that conversation. Um, and then Monday morning, so basically like less than 48 hours later, um, I was sitting on like my morning call, my eight to nine, you know, like check-in call with the Disney team and, you know, eight to nine. And then at the end of that call, I was like, I'm never getting that hour back. Then I had my nine to 10 like engineering call. And by the end of that, I was like, I'm never getting that hour back. 10 to 11 sales call, never getting that hour back. 11 to 12 NBC call, like never getting that hour back. By lunchtime, I was basically just like, I've just lost a whole morning doing something that is not purposeful for me. And I was like, I, I can never let that happen again. And so I basically during lunch called my manager and was like, Frank, I'm, I'm done. And Frank was, what was Frank? And, and, like? and Frank was like, dude, who, who offered you another job? Who offered you another gig? Where are you going? Like, what's going on? And I was just like, nobody, like nobody offered me anything. He's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, but I know that it's not this. Wow. And that was literally the conversation. That's scary, man. Yeah. I feel like that's scary to actually act on that. Like, I yeah. mean, it's scary enough for people to make a move when they know what that next step is yeah. to leave something that's so good when there's like, they know what the next step is their uncertainty, but you, you were making that, you had such conviction. You were making that move, not knowing where that next step was going to be. Yeah. And I think that's most people's problem. Most people are like, Oh, I want to, I want to see this. I want to understand this mm. before I, I jump from here to there. Um, I, I can't remember. I think it's Martin Luther King says, you don't have to see the stop, the top of the staircase. You just have to take the first step. Right. Yeah. So it's like you're you're never going to see exactly where this staircase leads. But like, you know, if you're on the wrong staircase and you have to switch sooner rather than later. And I think that was the one thing for me was like, if I keep going up this wrong staircase, it's not going to get easier to switch staircases. Right. Right. It's just going to get more difficult. So the more time that I spend on the wrong staircase continuing to walk up, it just gets harder. It just gets more difficult to jump to the other one. So like I might as well just jump now and figure it out. I think that was the one thing. It was like the two the two beliefs that I had such strong conviction about. Uh number 1 was, you know, kind of like we've talked about like I had to stop wasting time. Like yeah. every moment off purpose was a moment wasted. Um and then number 2 was I I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how it was going to work out. I didn't know if I would be successful, but the one thing I was confident in was my resolve not to quit. I was confident that I was going to figure something out and whatever it took, however long I had to do it, however hard I had to work, I would make it happen. Right. And I think that was the the major thing that really helped me. Where did you get that result? Like, where did that develop? Where does that come from? How does one build that? Honestly, I think it's yeah. from I think it's from fucking so much stuff up as a kid. Like, <laughs> 
It's it's super interesting. I had this convert. We kind of had this conversation last weekend when when uh, we had everybody down to the Airbnb. Um, I was talking to, to Jay, our our new head coach at High Impact Coaching, um, and we're talking about how everybody's biggest fear is like in the end it comes down to like actually dying. Mm-hmm. Like somehow all of your fears subconsciously lead to you dying, right? Like you don't want to go do this Facebook Live. Why? Because then people will judge you if it's not perfect. And if it's not perfect and people judge you, people will stop liking you. If people stop liking you, you won't have friends. You won't have community and support. That means you'll never you'll never uh, have a significant other. You'll never reproduce. And if you never reproduce, nobody loves you. Eventually, you're going to you know, go homeless and fall down a drain and die, right? Like subconscious fears from like, you know, way back evolutionary man that take us down this path. Um, I honestly think I've, I've just fucked up so much stuff since I was young that I just don't have that fear. It's like in the end, like this isn't going to kill you. Yeah. Like I've done so many things that probably should have killed me and they didn't. So it's like this one thing is not going to be the end. And I think that's what really helps. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a a refreshing approach to bring to the more seriousness of life. Like I'm sitting here, you're wearing a shirt that says naked Batman. (laughs) as your CEO of a seven-figure company. Like, yeah. you know, it's exactly. funny. And it reminds me that that exact line that you said um, with, I think it was a D- Disney um, when in, when the when the when when your system, like, shit the bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell, oh, yeah. Tell, tell us that story? Yeah, so I was in, I was in, um, I, I was in uh, a meeting with the Disney CIO. And so we were, we were in the middle of proposing, like, a $10 million deal, uh, Cisco deal to Disney. Um, and like they, the Disney CIO was supposed to have, uh, like a telepresence meeting. So telepresence for everybody who isn't aware, it's like this really immersive, like real version of like zoom or like FaceTime where like you, you can be sitting across, like you and I can be sitting like this and it looks and feels like we're sitting like directly across from each other Mm -hmm. and talking directly to each other. It's so lifelike and the sound and audio is so lifelike even though you're in Japan and I'm in Los Angeles. Right. Right. It's just, it's very cool. Um, but they're very expensive rooms. Um, but we were doing one of those with the Disney CIO and the CEO of Cisco and the system went down and the, the Disney CIO turns, turns to me and goes, uh, or turns to the engineer next to me, her engineer next to me, uh, and goes, so how quickly can we get these out and replace them with Polycom? Um, you know, Polycom being the competitor of Cisco, you know, and this was like $10 million worth of shit. Um, and I just turned and she looked, she was bright red and she was like pissed. She was furious. Um, and I just turned to her, I just go, well, nobody died. And she just, she kind of looks at me and just goes, fair enough. (laughs) But it's, it's true, right? It's like, what, like, what do we have to be so upset about? Like, what do we have to be scared about? Like, it's not like we're going to get eaten by a saber tooth tiger. It's not like. You know, we're really, if you're living in a first world country, like, it's not like you have anything to really worry about to cause you to die. Right. Right. Your fears are all just your own bullshit stories. And the sooner that you can realize that, the sooner that you can move forward with life. Yeah. Now, okay, tell me more about your relationship with fear. Like, how does this come? How do you deal with fear? Like, you feel fear? Are you just like... Oh, hell yeah, I feel fear. (laughs) How do you you do that? It's so funny because, like, obviously, I'm I'm a coach and I've coached thousands of people at this point. Um, And a lot, like, the you know, my whole principle is, like, every decision we make, 
we make from either a place of fear or a place of purpose, right? Purpose is not a destination. Purpose is a decision in every moment of every hour of every day. We either choose purpose, courageous action in the face of fear, or we choose to be afraid, right? And that's how we make all of our decisions. Um, so for me, you know, it's not like, it's not like we're going to completely get rid of fear, right? We're always going to feel fear. It's like, yeah, I, I talk about the fear of death. It's not like I, it's not like I want to die, right? I don't want to die. Do I, do I fear death? Yeah, of course I fear death. But at the same time, if I were to die, it's like, today's my day, right? right? I'd be, I have to be okay with that. Right. So for a lot of people, you know, they feel a lot of fears and it completely turns them inside out and they act from that place of fear. Right. I'm afraid of spiders. Like I am terrified. I am a little girl when I see spiders. But Maddie, Maddie always makes fun of me because like I'll see spiders and I'll scream. But then I'll like I'll go take care of it. I'll either like smush the spider. Or I'll like get them in a get them in a glass jar and I'll walk them outside. I'm still scared shitless of them. Yeah. They, they're creepy. They terrify me. Right. But it doesn't mean that I don't take action. Right. I still take action. I'm scared of heights, but, you know, I'll go do all the things that scare me on the edges of buildings and on the edges of cliffs just to remind myself, like, hey, I can go sit on the edge of this building and like have my heart pounding and I'm not going to die. Right. And the more that I do that, the more that I face whatever fears it is, how big it is, how small it is, it doesn't really matter. The more that you do that, the, re the more you realize that these fears shouldn't have any real control over how you act. Yeah. Something really useful you taught me was this idea of like just almost kind of like bringing a name or a voice to that voice of fear yeah. that comes up of just like, oh, that's cute, Joshua. Like, I like, get it. Like, like little bitch Joshua little, like, yeah, exactly. and, and big strong Joshua. Yeah. 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 It's just like, oh, cool. Like, I, I see where that fear comes from. I get it. But like, we're going to move forward anyway. Oh, like, we're not going to let it stop. Like us. little bitch Xander, like go sit in the corner. We don't have time for you right now. But it's true, right? Like yeah. we all have that like it, it, it is. It's like a it's a little scared voice and then we have this big it's like this higher power strong divine inner you know inner insight whatever you want to call it that like true presence voice mm. right and the more that you're like you're gonna have both of these voices but the more that you can learn to act on the big higher presence voice and just allow the little voice the scared voice to be there don't be pissed about it it's gonna be there right don't get mad at it don't just just allow it it's like oh that's that's cute little bitch xander like <laughs> right <laughs> that's fine you yeah. can be afraid but we're gonna keep moving forward so good and yeah. but it also requires like a, a tremendous amount of of faith in something it does what what how do you describe like what where do you place your faith how do you what does faith look like for you i honestly i think that's that might be the biggest problem this, this sounds so like xander five years ago would have been like what the fuck are you talking about I honestly think that might be the biggest problem with today's society is a lack of faith. Mm. Um, and I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm not like, I'm not sitting here preaching God. I, like, but I will tell you right now that the biggest issue with today's society is a lack of faith. Um, anything that you want to do in life, anything that you truly want to accomplish that is better than mediocre, you have to have some form of faith. You have to believe that it is possible. You have to believe that in the end, good wins over bad, love wins over hate, success wins over you know failure. You have to have some form of faith in that. You either have to believe in a God or Mother Earth or universe juice or a higher power or aliens that understand seven dimensions. I don't care, right? I think maybe I watched too many Disney movies as a kid growing up, but like in the end, I do believe that good prevails. Right. I, I truly deep down believe that. 
And I think the thing is, like, everything in my life has supported that belief, right? It's like ever for for all the people that deeply believe that, like, in the end, you know, the world is an evil place and bad wins, like, their lives end up pretty shitty, right? And for me, having this belief that good wins, love wins, success wins in the end has led me down a path of being very happy, very successful, filled with love, filled with joy, and honestly, like having a life that I could not, could not have dreamt up. Happily ever after. Happily bro. ever after. That's that's my the Wi-Fi o- password. The, the only the only problem is there's no ever after. It just keeps right. There, just there's happily. always just yeah, happily. Yeah, it's happily while everything's going on. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Dis- yeah, Disney. Disney was on it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> What's your favorite Disney movie? Oh man, right now or all time? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <sighs> Don't judge me, but I love Frozen. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love Frozen. <laughs> I I don't know why, man. It's such Moana is a really good one too. Yep. Apparently, I love the feminine power movement. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, I love Frozen. I love Moana. Big Hero Six. If you want to go the guys' direction of either go. of those, so some of those modern ones have been really good. I I have to say, all time though, Aladdin. Wow. Like Aladdin's definitely my Were you favorite. Aladdin for Halloween one year? I I, I was when I was younger. Okay. I haven't I haven't been recently, but now that you mentioned it, I should probably be a, I should yeah, probably be Aladdin next year. I was year. gonna say that probably that yeah. checks out. Why Aladdin? I don't know. Yeah, just how's that feel? Yeah. Maybe it's the the brownness in me, it's could the be. Pakistani coming out. Like, <laughs> it could be. I don't know what it is, but it, that like I always loved Aladdin. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're saying that today, like this life that you're currently living, what you're doing, yeah, you couldn't have dreamt that up. Yeah. A decade ago. 100%. Would you say that's true? 100%. Yeah. So where do you- I couldn't have dreamt that up five years ago. Five years ago. Wow. And would you say it's a combination of a couple of those things of faith, of moving through fear that have allowed this to unfold? Like what else, what else would you say is part of your kind of operating system to allow that to unfold? Because I feel like that's a goal for a lot of people. I think, yeah, I think the, you know, really, so obviously like, and, and again, I talk about this deeply in my TED talk, but literally it's like every decision right? Every decision in every moment, you're either choosing fear or purpose. And we've talked about, you know, my first year as an entrepreneur, every morning I woke up, I literally asked myself, what's the scariest thing uh, that I could do today? Like, what's the thing that scares me the most? And I will go do it. And I'm not just talking about in business, right? I'm talking about anything, right? It was, it was things like, um, Jesus, there's so many, like I had a conversation with one of my, one of my old friends, like one of my best friends from college and basically told him we couldn't be friends anymore because he was just like, he was being toxic in my world. And I was just like, I can't fucking handle you. Um, I had just quit my job and my mom, a brown Pakistani woman, right. Mm. You know, loving and caring, but like a little bit smothering. Um, (laughs) so like when I quit my job, she's thinking, oh my God, Xander has all this free time, you know, come down to San Diego and just like harassing me to like, come down, do this, do that. And I basically had to tell my mom, who's like one of the, at that point, probably the most important woman in my life. Don't talk to me six months. Like you're not allowed to talk to me for six months. I'll reach out to you if I need anything, but you are not allowed to reach out to me for six months. I like, I have to focus on this. This is harder than being in a nine to five and like stuff like that. So that's like personal. I called, I called an ex-girlfriend and asked for feedback on our relationship. (laughs) Shut up. So I called an ex-girlfriend and asked for feedback on our relationship on like, like what I did wrong, like why it ended, why she thought it ended, uh, about like my, like what I was good, like how I was good as a person and what I lacked our sex life, like literally everything. Wow. Right. And that was like the personal things. Then obviously there were the business things like, um, 
you know, like, what was it? It was like three months into the business. I was not making any money. I had maxed out my credit cards at this point. I was like two or three weeks away from being able to pay rent. Um, and I got an offer from a partner of like a Cisco partner and they just wanted to put my name on their roster and make introductions to the people I knew at like NBC and Disney. And they were going to pay me 10 K a month just for that. So like going to the office 10 hours a week, make introductions and I was going to get a six figure income. And at this point I'm in debt, I'm not making any money and I'm about to be on out on the street. And I remember I went through the meetings and I got the contract and I had the contract in my car and I asked myself, is this purposeful or is this out of fear? And it was out of fear. And I didn't sign the contract. Shit. Yeah. And it was literally like two weeks later, a week and a half later that I signed my first and my second client. Right. And so it's like, literally, that was like the entire first year. Every morning I asked myself, what is the thing that scares you the most? And I went and did it. I made it a habit of like picking the thing that scared me and just going and doing it. Mm. Um, so that's that's number one. But the reason that, so the reason that that came to be um, was basically like the two, the two beliefs, like the two core beliefs that I started the business with. Um, number one kind of goes back to what we were talking about with my mentor around like, stop wasting time. Like time is the one resource we can never get back. Right. So that core belief led me down the path of like, this is why every decision counts. Every like my decision to act and move forward now versus my decision to wait and move forward in a week. That could be a week lost. Right. So that time aspect of it was a huge part of it. Um, and the second part, and we talk about this to our clients all the time. Um, you know, I tell everybody, you're not good enough. Right. Right. Which like counter for the for the self-development all, movement. Yeah. You know, the, the whole self-development movement, like you're good enough, like you're worthy. No, fuck that. You're not. You're not good enough. Right. And I think that was that was and, and I'm not saying you can't be good enough. I'm saying you're not good enough yet. Right. But that truth, that belief that I had created, I'm not good enough yet, which means I have to get bigger. I have to get better. I have to grow. I have to progress. And the only way that you grow is by stretching yourself, putting like putting yourself under tension, putting yourself under duress, getting out of your comfort zone, pulling yourself in dif- different directions that you've never been before. Right. So. I realized that, you know, basically if I wanted to become successful every single day, I had to do something uncomfortable because no matter what g- direction it grew me in, it would grow me. And if I grew, then eventually I'd be the person that really deserved having more. Yeah. So building that habit, building yeah. that muscle, it's really a That's muscle. That's it. So it's like, those were the two beliefs that really started it all. It's like, I don't have time. Like time is the one resource I can never get back. And number two, I'm not good enough. And from not being good enough, I can realize, okay, now that I realize I'm not good enough, well, time to get to work to become good enough. And that's all it was. Yeah. At what point, so you kind of got over that initial hump where you're staring, your credit cards maxed out. Yeah. So when you quit, you just went ham investing in yourself left I, and right. Yeah. I spent spent money on everything that I possibly could. Put yeah. yourself into a lot of a lot yeah. of debt and then the process became, and what was your mindset around that of, what was your mindset on like coaching I mean, at that point? Yeah. At, at For me, right? It was like- I had spent $100,000 on my college degree, which got me four, I I think I took five years in college, I did. (laughs) Five years of learning, right? Five years of learning to in a direction that did not serve me. So I spent five years and $100,000 on a degree that did not put me toward the direction I really wanted to go. Why would I hesitate to put $100,000 
all my money and every ounce of energy I possibly could right now in the right direction to get me there as fast as possible. Like, why would I even hesitate? That's really what it was. It was like, I like $100,000, five years in the wrong direction. I'm going to put everything I can into this direction right now. Yeah. It makes so yeah. much sense when you frame it that way. Yeah. It's like super simple. It's a pretty easy decision, right? It can, again, it can be scary as fuck, right? But it is the purposeful, it's the right decision, right? You have to move forward. You have to invest in yourself. You know the direction. Put it all in. Go that direction. Yeah. And, and as a coach yourself, yeah, professional coach, right? <laughs> what um, what has the role of coaching played for you in your journey, and and still how how does it play in the present day? You're saying my coaches, your coaches, to me. yes, yeah. How has coaching and and people mentoring you oh, helped man. you develop? I, it, it's I mean it's a no brainer. I think um, you know I've never been I've never been you've been there for a lot of the journey. I've never been without a mentor or multiple mentors. I've never been without masterminds. Um, you know, again, like the truth is like, we are our own worst enemy and I don't care how good you are. I, ca I don't care how smart you are. You can't see your own blind spots. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, the two things that I, I hate hearing from people who want to be successful. Um, number one is, uh, I'll, you know, I'll get a coach when I can afford it. Mm. And I'm like, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. The reason you can't afford a coach is because you didn't get one. <laughs> Right. Like yeah. if you got a coach, you'd be successful very, very quickly. Right. Because they'd see all the things wrong and they'd fix them for you. Right. It's like um, it, it is the blind leading the blind. Yeah. Right. It's like you can't see your own blind spots. It's like trying to we always talk about like trying to bake a cake without a recipe. Right. Like if you've never baked a cake before and you want to bake a cake and you don't have a recipe, you don't know anybody who's baked a cake before and you go try and bake a cake, you're going to go grab all these ingredients like from Whole Foods, spend a bunch of money, spend a bunch of time mix it all up, put it in the oven. You're going to pull it out. It's a big ball of mush, right? And you're, it's just going to be because you forgot the eggs, right? You didn't know you needed eggs because you don't have a recipe and you don't have a mentor, right? So if you go try it again, what are you going to go do? You're going to go get more flour. You're going to go get some more vanilla extract, maybe a fancy whisk. You're going to do it all again and put it back in the oven and you're still going to have a big ball of mush. It's like all you needed was somebody to be like, dude, Joshua, like you need eggs. That's all, mm. right? And you would have fixed it like that. But most people don't realize like how simple it is to solve all of their life's problems if they just get somebody to look at them from a new angle. Um, so that's probably like one of the biggest things for me. It's like, I'll never be without a coach. I'll never be without masterminds because I know that I will never be successful on my own. Like no, no successful person is quote unquote self-made. Right. That doesn't exist. In any field. In any field. Yeah. I've never met a successful entrepreneur or, you know, anything in any field where they did it all on their own. That doesn't happen. Mm. Right. So, okay, that's awesome. I love that. And we see it athletes. It's very common. Every yeah. athlete you wear. Every athlete has a coach. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think you could be a successful person without one? Right. It's, yeah, it's great. So um, you got over that first hump, right, where you got a couple clients to yeah. allow you to pay rent. At what point did you realize, wow, I actually might have something here? Um, I realized it. I realized it pretty quickly because... At that point, a lot of the networks that I was in, I was in, I was in a lot of different coaching networks. Because at this point, I, you know, I'd been in masterminds and I'd done these different programs. Um, and so, you know, I started making money. My fourth month, I made thirteen k. Then the next month, I made seventeen. Then it was like twenty four. Then like thirty two. 
So within the first, that like first three months of making money, it became very obvious that I was different than a majority of coaches right. because I was, I was in the communities already and everybody was like talking. They're like, what the fuck is he like? How did he just do this? Like when I, when I came into these communities, it was, you know, these other coaches that have been doing it for three years and, and they were making 2k 3k a month and you know stuff like that right and they've been doing it for three years and then i came in i was like nothing 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 13k 17k 24k and everybody turned and watched and so it was very obvious from the beginning like as soon as i started to make money that what we were doing was very different Mm -hmm. than everybody else Mm -hmm. did you have the vision for what hic is today at that point no 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 idea (laughs) But this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, right? Like, there's no way I could have seen the yeah. top of the staircase. Right. Right. I knew I, I knew some things for certain. I wanted to impact more people, right? And I wanted to change lives. I wanted to have a team. Um, but like, and I, I wanted to be making great money. I wanted to make, you know, multiple seven figures at least. And that's kind of all I really knew, right? But from that, you kind of figure out the details as you're going. If you're really clear on, and I, honestly, it's almost like you're clear on the feeling. Right. You're clear on clear on the the emotion of what it feels like to be, you know, excitedly working with amazing people and, uh, you know, having a massive impact on hundreds of people's lives every single month, making great money, being able to be financially free, you know, live somewhere that really matters, travel whenever you want, like all of that stuff. But like the concrete details start to kind of work themselves out if you're really clear on that feeling, on that Mm -hmm. emotion that's behind it. Yeah, the how takes care of itself. The how takes care of itself. And you've constantly found that in your journey. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So so if I ask you like, where do you see, I mean, I know this from the inside, I guess, but (laughs) if I ask you like, where do you see this next phase of your life and the business, is it still very much like you feel that why and you feel the emotion with it and the how is going to continue to work itself out? Does the how become more clear? Yeah. I think it's it's interesting because obviously when when I was first starting a business, it's so new and so fresh. You have very little data to make any real intelligent guesses around where things are going. Um, obviously, now having been in this business for four years, we we're actually getting pretty good at predicting where we can go and starting to make some better uh, decisions on further down the line. So, um, you know, like we've talked about it, but like, you know, two years ago for us to decide like a one year goal would have been like, we don't know where we're going to be in three months. Right. Right. Like let's, let's focus on the next 30, 60, 90 days. Right. That's, that's all we got. Um, you know, now like in our business, we've got concrete plans going well into, you know, 16 months from now. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so and we've got, you know, a much greater vision around where we want to be two, maybe even three years out. Um, But that's because we've gotten so much more data of, you know, what we were able to do and how we were able to get to this point. We are able to see further based on our past experiences now. Um, Obviously, where we're going to be five to 10 years from now. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Who knows? Like, I, I look back at the last four years and I'm like, wow, like we did this in three to four years. Like, what could we do in another three to four years? That's crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. That pattern, though, is is pretty interesting because I found that pattern as well on like seemingly on a business front, but also now in, in like a personal front of looking 
at your past and looking at the data and collecting the data yeah. to be able to make decisions moving forward. Like that's why part of the reason I love journaling and I go back through my journals. See why you made well. the decisions right. and what you did. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, what was I doing when, when shit felt like I was at a wall or what was I doing when things felt flowing and good and what yeah. can I learn from that? And how can I move forward? Yeah. What kind of things do you like, what kind of things do you do for that, for your practice? I th honestly, I think it's, you know, combinations of, you know, daily meditations and journaling, things like that, reviewing things. Um, so anything you can do daily to really be reviewing, like where you're at, what you're doing, just kind of helps anchor a lot of the decisions you made, but then also doing like quarterly and yearly reviews of like what you've done. And I think looking back for people, a lot of the time is scary, right? Looking back for most people, they're just like, I don't want to look back because, you know, let's, we're, we're coming up on the end of the year here, right? It's like, okay, looking back on a very interesting and very stressful year for a lot of people. Most people don't want to do it. Most people want to forget the year mm -hmm. and move forward, right? Maybe maybe it was not a good year for them and their family. Maybe it was not a good year for them financially or their business or you know their love life, spirituality, whatever it was, right? So it's scary to look back at what happened, right? But you're never going to fix any of the problems moving forward if you don't look back and figure out why things happened the way that they did. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's the biggest the biggest thing for me. It's like being willing to just review what got you here. And sometimes it's scary because you have to look at your big mistakes. You have to be like, wow, I really fucked that up. OK, let's not do that again. Like, let's figure out why this happened. And then let's make sure moving forward, my my new decision making process Includes not doing that, <laughs> which we've done plenty of, which in we've business. done, a, which we've done a lot of in business. Years. Yeah. But I mean, you can think of it, you know, you can think of it any way, right? You can think of it, um, in business, you can think of it in relationships, you know, like, um, you know, I was having this conversation with Maddie and, you know, she like, literally she was just like, Xander, like, how are you like such an amazing husband? And like, I don't mean this to brag, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a pretty, we'll, we'll I'm, a, throw some brag, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty amazing husband. <laughs> um, she was, how are you just such an amazing husband? Like you, you cook, you clean, you take care of this. Like I, you, you're an entrepreneur that's making great money yet. You still find the time to take care of the dog and help me with stuff and like all this stuff. She's like, how do you do this? And I was like, honestly, it's because again, let's go back. Like I fucked up a lot of relationships earlier like in my younger life like i had multiple different girlfriends because you called your ex for feedback and i called my <laughs> ex for feedback right yeah. but like like i was able to look back at like why and like we can always look back at any personal relationship and we can go oh man she was so crazy like that was she was just batshit crazy or you could go oh man he was such a narcissist like it was all his fault or it was all her fault in the end it's your fault. Like whatever it is, a blown relationship or, in, you know, an issue with a loved one or your career or business not going the direction that it needs to go. In the end, it's your fault. Mm. So if you don't look back and figure out why it was your fault, you can't fix it moving forward. Like find something to own. And I don't I don't care even maybe maybe you were dating a narcissist. Maybe you were dating like a crazy woman. Like maybe you were. Find something that you can take ownership over so that you can learn from that shitty situation. If you don't find something to take ownership over and change, then that shitty situation was worth nothing to you. But if you can find something to take ownership over, moving forward, you're going to be better for it. So good. If there was like one 
this might be a difficult question, but if there was like one fundamental fundamental principle or foundational piece of uh, practical application that you've learned through all of the books, all of the investing, all of your experiences, your business that you could give to anybody, what would that be in terms of a perspective or outlook on life? Yeah. Um. So the thing, the thing that always kind of comes to me, it, it always comes back to like, what is the meaning of life? Right. And the meaning of life to me, and I've got a whole allegory that goes with this, but the meaning of life to me is to work hard towards some purpose, but enjoying the process. Mm. Yeah. And that's it. It's that simple. If you work hard towards something purposeful and you enjoy the process, you will never, ever feel like you've missed out on life. Yeah. I love that. I feel like <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, I love it. Simply put, but I, I and 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 that makes so much sense because I feel like you're the embodiment of that in a lot of ways, right? Like as the CEO and showing up as the CEO, but also you know a ten year old kid at the same time wearing a naked, naked Batman, Batman t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> t-shirt, and uh, and and always putting shots of tequila on the boss, like yeah. you know, gotta you gotta have fun and enjoy yeah. the uh, enjoying the journey along the yeah, way. Exactly. I love that. Dude, this has been awesome, awesome <laughs> conversation, man. So much, so much to unpack, so much more yep. to unpack. But um, I'm glad to to have you on to give uh, to give everybody just a little, a little taste, a, a little, little taste. That's little what taste, I'm here for. A little appetizer, and uh, I'll look forward to uh, having you back on um, awesome, again man. sometime soon, bro. But thank you, man. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it as always. Mm-hmm.